Welcome to Below the 49th, the perspective on my neighbor to the south, Below the 49th. I'm Michael A. Charbon. Today's title, TV's Judge and Jury. It was 1990 when a tragic, salacious celebrity murder trial first captivated TV audiences. It was the O.J. Simpson trial that first galvanized America's obsession and empowerment to become a TV judge and jury. Practically every news feed on TV broke away from their regular programming to cover the live helicopter images of a white Bronco fleeing on the highway. It caused people in L.A. to line overpasses and, and streets to wave at the fleeing O.J. Simpson because of the TV coverage. And they, bought a, they sold a lot of Broncos, too. Remember the infamous searing image of a hard, blood-dried glove forced over the rubber-gloved hand of Simpson with the words from the defense lawyer Johnny Cochran? If it doesn't fit, you must acquit. <laughs> a question posed to the jury in the court and also to the ever-attentive millions of home TV jurors. The TV jury made their own judgments, some based on assumptions from the images and pieces of the trial, some based on divisive racial lines, and others based on what they personally wanted to believe regardless. America's Court TV created landmark broadcast content in covering real live in-court trials on a daily basis. It took the viewer from the highly crafted, unrealistic CSI-type television cop drama series to where the viewer is immersed in real-life litigation, submerged in evidence and legal process. Again, as a, as a byproduct, I should say, the, the viewer is engaged to determine potential guilt or innocence based on their personal context and interpretation. How about Judge Judy? Fabulous, right? And many other iterations of that television genre presents two opposing groups airing a legal problem in front of a judge on TV. For TV expedience, the conflict is adjudicated by the judge with the time confines of a TV show. Nah, really? But like fast food in a child's guessing game, an engaged home TV judge and jury are served up a simple premise, pro, con, and the litigants, to be digested to make their own home decision. You know, to then compare that to the TV judge. Today, American airwaves are filled with selective raw images that are cautioned by stating, these images may be disturbing to some. I mean, when you hear that warning, do you not immediately like zip to the TV and kind of, what are they showing me now, right? That line usually points to an unfortunate officer body cam footage of a fatal interaction between a suspect and a police officer, where a gun fired by one or both is captured on police body camera or in-car cruiser video or by a bystander recording. Today, viewers have observed too many fatal interactions with police and suspects. Footage where police officers on a routine traffic stop have been indiscriminately executed or an officer shoots an innocent suspect. A traffic stop of a black motorist with expired tags revealed that the suspect had an outstanding warrant for his apprehension based on a judge's charge of carrying a pistol without a permit and fleeing a peace officer. As officers were attempting to arrest and handcuff the suspect, he resisted arrest and attempted to flee custody. A police officer then mistakenly reached for her gun instead of the taser and shot the suspect who later died while crashing his car. Footage of this fatal altercation was on TV within hours. The viewer once again becomes a TV juror arriving at a judgment before trial or legal perspective. 
If the viewer is only given selective images and commentators, I'm not gonna name any names, suggest intent and their perspective, the TV judge and jury makes the decision based on those factors. A judgment made by some that motivates violence, discrimination, looting, uh, demonstrations, public dis discourse. I mean, it just gets you all upset. I mean, these selective images are not the full story. Or with any assumption of due process. Remember the guy in Chicago who said everybody should have due process and they fired him? So in Chicago, an officer fired a single shot and killed a 13-year-old who at 2.38 a.m., ran, allegedly carrying a gun, after shots were heard in the area. Again, officer body cam footage on some networks was frozen to show what was believed to be the image of a gun. But others edited portions of the video, and any effort to identify a gun was not done by all broadcasters. The TV judge and jury are given incomplete video and incomplete facts. What these examples have in common is that the viewer is never obliged to consider all the evidence provided. The viewer is not instructed to be unbiased, nor is a viewer forced to review the complete breadth of all the facts of the case, respective to prosecution or defense. When an officer stops a car and obtains a driver's license and ID, they perform due diligence, checking for wants and warrants on the person. That footage is almost never shown or even talked about. Broadcast news cuts immediately seconds before the shooting. But the background on the driver and previous record gives the officer insight into the driver and is a form of security for the, for the officer by alerting to potential danger. But those facts and contents are not part of the TV judge and jury. Have you ever wondered why Live PD got taken off the airwaves? A series that was number one on multiple nights for multiple hours, even the repeat, was an unprecedented success. It was a randomness of police altercations that showed too much honesty. and painted a realistic picture of what the cop on the road and who they had to come in contact with. It was just too unsavory and too many unrealistic pictures for some. I know a cop's reality. It's emotional. I mean, I produced a series called Battle Against Crime. It was like the cop series, where I recorded ride-alongs in police cars for over six months and voraciously lived uh, the life of a cop and who, in the public, they had to deal with. So before people start to opine about throwing accusations of systemic police action, viewers need to hear the full story and the complete picture before they jump to conclusions. You have no idea the disrespect that they have to deal with. The Washington Post, a very liberal position paper owned by left-leaning Jeff Bezos of Amazon fame, reported some revealing facts, very surprising, which in the current heightened hostile reporting against police should be more effectively disseminated. Listen to this. In 2021, fatal police shootings through to April revealed that police fatally shot 52 black people, of which three were unarmed, compared to 109 white people, of which five were unarmed. These facts are seldom stated, while blatant misrepresentation and false accusations are receiving louder voices instilling mistrust in both the judicial system and police. There will always be uh, bad apples. But I mean, uh, before you and the TV judges and juries make a call based on assumptions, partial video clips, and partisan commentary of news organizations who profit, by the way, from racial divisiveness, 
Allow for due process and the facts, because those two factors will prove to guide you to the truth, not ill-founded assumptions and a false verdict. And with that, I arrest my case. Finally, please click and share. If you do, kindly subscribe. I can imagine all those people are going to be hammering. Uh, if you leave a comment, I try to answer everyone. I thank you for those considerations. And until next time, God bless and stay safe. I'm Michael A. Charbon for Below the 49th.